Cormac McGee, mm-hmm. aka DJ Deadweight. <laughs> it still makes me laugh to hear that name. <laughs> yeah. Still? Yeah. How long have you been DJ Deadweight for? Um, about three or four years now. Nice. Yeah. That's dope. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about the evolution of the name. Where did it come from? Honestly, so I'll give you kind of the full context. When I was finishing up school at Ryerson, I was in journalism there, Mm -hmm. and I had some potential options. I was looking at maybe like some government roles, looking at potentially. So I knew I didn't really want to do like full-time journalism, and I was really involved with like the student government there, and so that was kind of like a transition point. There was a couple you know, potential options looking around. And I just kind of had some something inside of me say like, you know what, like, fuck this. I want to try DJing. Like I want to jump into it and see hmm. what happens. So in that, that spring, I went on Kijiji, bought a bunch of used equipment, taught myself over the summer on YouTube. And then when it came to play my first show, I was actually my first live performance was actually going back to Ryerson to do Frosh Week. Um, and I needed a name for it. So I went through a bunch of names. I ended up sending my brother a list of them because, you know, on like the cool scale, my brother definitely ranks higher than me. Right, um, right. You, you're older than him. I'm older than him, <laughs> right. yeah. I have a theory yeah. that all younger siblings are cool, uh, the coolest. <laughs> See, I heard your other theory, <laughs> or your brother's theory, about uh, older siblings being the smartest. Yeah, that's so, right, that's right. I so, guess it's I a mean, good trade-off. Yeah, it's a fair trade-off. <laughs> Uh, and my brother said, you know, I think Deadweight's the one, and he whipped me up a logo because he's a graphic designer. Oh, sweet. Um, and that's where I got the big bulging guy lifting the weights. And Unreal. It kind of just rolled from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I love it. It's, su- it's such a great name. And the alliteration with DJ. DJ Deadweight. Yeah. That's you know so what? It's, I've been thinking recently, I, and this is like maybe shows how uncool I am, and I probably shouldn't mention it, but like no DJs now go by like DJ Blank. It's just like they've <clears throat> yeah. dropped the DJ. Yeah. And it took me about two years to figure that out. And then I was like, have, I was like, fuck, do I keep the DJ or do I not? Because on one hand, it makes me seem like a bit of an outsider today. And on the other hand, but on the other hand, it's like, Maybe it makes me a little unique. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. I mean, that's still something I fight with today. W- would you just go by Deadweight? <laughs> Maybe, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, See, it's good. That, but that's the reaction it gets. <laughs> yeah, Deadweight. It's always a... Uh, it always gives people a laugh. Yeah. <laughs> Dead way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Be like, a, wait, what are you going to do? Like, oh, I'm a DJ. <laughs> yeah, hold on a second. I'm, I'm going to play some music. All right. That's exactly it. Yeah. Yeah. That's so dope. So you, you had no experience. You went out and bought the deck and said, okay, yeah. I'm going to learn. Yeah. Were you just destroying YouTube videos that summer? <laughs> yeah, essentially. And I actually found a guy. There's this guy from the Netherlands called DJ TLM. Shouts out to DJ TLM. Nice. Um, you know, he's like a middle-aged guy, but he's been DJing forever. And he does like a seri- like a tutorial, different tutorial series on YouTube. Hmm. For everything from like the most basic beat matching to like learning how to scratch 101 to like you know, music recommendations or like how to, you know, work a crowd during a night, taking them on kind of like the peaks and valleys. Hmm. Like he has been incredible. And I like the fact that he offers all this shit up for free is amazing. Unreal. Um, And I got to pay him back a little bit when he, I think his laptop broke or something and he started a GoFundMe and I was just like, you know what? I'm dropping like, bills for this guy yeah. right now. This guy's I can't remember how much I sent him, but I was like, bucks, yeah, Come you on. deserve like everything I can give you because I owe this whole like part-time career 
or part of it to him. Honestly, man. And like, that's the crazy thing about YouTube is you can learn so much, so much faster. Yeah. Like when I took guitar lessons when I was in elementary school, it was once a week. Mm Mm-hmm. And I would like sort of practice, but not much. Imagine, and then you know, when I really got, when I really became a real player, yeah, was when I started watching YouTube and mm-hmm. started watching how, like how they were doing it, and you yeah. just learn so much. Yeah, it's crazy, and it's amazing. I think the amount of different, very like niche communities on there, and the rabbit hole you can go into, whether it's playing guitar or DJing or like Kim Kardashian, whatever yeah. it is, right? Yeah, whatever, all- whatever it is there's a community of people there for you and people who want to teach. Yeah. Like whether they have some sort of business on the end of it is neither here nor there. Mm -hmm. Really. It's, I think it's an incredible community. Yeah, I agree. And that plays into like my theory on what podcasting and what videos can be Mm -hmm. or have so much value being Mm -hmm. Like, like forums and platforms and mediums to learn something new or see how somebody's doing it. Because for a long time, I didn't know that you could just pick up a deck and just become a DJ. Yeah. I was like, I, I think in a a lot of people used to assume they, like, I didn't know how it happened. I guess I would have just thought you were just fucking, you just came out with it. Yeah. Yeah. Headphones on. (laughs) (laughs) I get it. He's, uh, he's going to be a DJ. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny actually that you talk about that. It, It, um, I was having a conversation with, a a producer, like a music producer the other day, her name is uh, Blank. Um, Blank, that's the name? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so she just, or not just, but she recently got a placement on uh, Nicki Minaj's most recent album, which ended up going platinum. So she's like a big shot right now. Wow. Um, she's from Toronto. And we were talking about her doing a workshop, like a series of workshops for producers, for up and coming producers. And her whole thing is like, everyone is so secretive with their stuff like in studio sessions like she'll ask someone like what was that effect or like what was that instrument you just put on and they'll be like i don't know it was a pack like that's my own sound like you can't have that and her vibe is kind of like you know what like fuck this like everyone can have the knowledge that i have because i'm like you can't be afraid of people surpassing you right and that's her whole point and i think that is something a lot of these like online teachers have figured out that it's like the more you share that knowledge, the better you're going to be and the better the people around you are going to be. And those people who you shared it with are going to look up to you. And this is something we were talking about is like the producers who come to her classes are now are then going to want to work with her even five years down the road if they're way better than her. Like she's, that, she's still getting in because they're looking exactly. at her like, oh, I remember you. You taught me all that shit. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Not only that, like if you're really good, too show them what you're doing right now because what you're, what you're doing in three months is going to be different, right? Yeah. Like, unless you're a one-trick pony. That's a pony. great point. Yeah, yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. There's a lot of insecurities like that I find in, in, um, in like, creative scenes. Yeah. That the people that I'm always drawn to are like, oh, I'm going to show you how to do this. Yeah. 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 And, and I think part of it is, like, yeah, it's, like, that insecurity. And in a creative field, you often don't know when your next hit is going to be, whether it's like in music or fashion or art or whatever. And I think there's kind of that sense of if I give out all of the knowledge and experience I have and I never make another hit, like I become irrelevant. Right. Um, Right. And that's a tightrope everyone walks, I think. Yeah. It amazes me the people that are out there that just have, you know, they they go along it's like, boom, 20 tunes and Mm -hmm. they're all sweet and they're all a little something different Then next year, boom, new album. 20 more. Yeah. Like Drake. Yeah. Yeah. Like, come on, dude. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's a, 
I, I would call it a skill, but it's more than that. It, no, it's yeah. deeper. It's yeah. deeper. It's like, and it's the same, same with great founders of companies. Yeah. It's the same. They just, they have a, a series of like mental shortcuts yeah. and inputs that they go through and they're just like, I trust it. I'm going to make something happen here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Like, I've been really fascinated lately with, um, Bruce Linton. He's the CEO of Canopy Growth Corporation. Okay. Yeah. Right. Big, uh, big marijuana, cannabis, yeah. not marijuana. Yeah. He's, he's like, he's like intense with it. He's like, it's not marijuana. It's called yeah, cannabis. It's cannabis. Yeah. Which is fair <laughs> enough. It's, it's a lot nicer word. Um, yeah, it is. Yeah. But he, he's just brilliant. <laughs> yeah. You know, and he's just so focused. I'm like, oh, right. I, like I, I want to get to a place where I am churning out awesome things, whether it's companies or programs or podcasts or whatever. Mm-hmm. I just want to have a consistent formula. Yeah what i'm working up to yeah you probably you, you know you must be feeling it's a similar way. thing right yeah yeah exactly and it's like i think before we started recording you asked me like how are things and i said like i feel like i'm all over the place right and i feel like that's the feeling you go through when you're trying to build out that formula or that like schedule or whatever you know what i mean totally yeah, that's like the journey, I think, to it. Yeah. I mean, I hope. <laughs> no, <laughs> I hope it doesn't last like this forever. No, yeah. you're, you're totally right. Like, what I've found in everything that I've been doing, and especially in the job I'm in now, is like you go through making noise and doing things for a period of time, and then you come out of it and look back and be like, oh my God, that was so rookie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then you go through that again, and then you come out of it. And then yeah. by like the third or fourth time, you start to feel like, mm, I might know a little bit about what I'm doing. Yeah. Like, I think I, I'm comfortable being yeah. here now. Yeah. It's kind of like that pushing and flowing thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I always used to illustrate it when I was playing guitar and practicing as I would be at a plateau mm-hmm. and I would just be going laterally for some time. Mm-hmm. And then out of nowhere, it would just all click. And I would just, I could do things. One day I could just pick it up and do way more than I could have done in the previous three months of work. Yeah, yeah. But it it takes that, it takes that feeling of not doing anything to have that one moment of like, okay, everything has come together, you know? And I, I think too that, like I had a weird way of thinking about learning for a long time. And, you know, I was in school for a while and, I thought like, oh my God, this is so great. But when I look at being learning in school versus learning out of school, there's so much more learning out of school because you're actually doing it yeah. and there's no safety net, right? Yeah. You're not getting a C, you're getting a nobody's listening to your podcast, yeah, right? Yeah. You didn't get a C. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so yeah. it's like, so when I, I can actually do it and reach people, I'm like, okay, yeah. step one. Yeah. I have that little pocket of knowledge. Yeah. Is it the same when you're DJing? Like, uh, you know, when you started out, were you like, oh my God, like yeah. just somebody yeah. turn on the fucking Spotify playlist or something like, <laughs> were you like, Jesus Christ, this is so hundred percent. I mean, it's interesting. And I, I mean, it's probably different for lots of different DJs, but I find the technical aspect of DJing is actually the easiest part. Hmm. Like once you learn a certain amount, obviously, like the first time you touch a turntable or a CDJ or a controller, you're not going to be able to do it but after a few months of practice you're gonna be able to beat match you're gonna be able to like not have to look at your laptop and do it all by ear um but the real challenge is being adaptable enough to work like any crowd no matter what situation right because that's right that's really difficult and you know it's easy to push yourself into a niche as a dj um but i found like 
what you need to do to get work is be adaptable. Um, And you have to be ready to do stuff on the fly and you have to be able to switch things up if people aren't feeling it. And if people are feeling it and that's the only song in this genre that you have, you have to figure out how to do more, blend in with your, like sometimes I'll blend in with my phone and I know that's pretty uh, like sacrilegious in the DJ world, but like to me, you know, your customer is the audience and like that's who you have to please. For sure. Um, And yeah, it's like a, sometimes I'll look back at a gig now and I'll just be like, wow, yeah, like that was a rookie move. Oh yeah. That was brutal. The the last show that I was at that you were doing. Yeah. The holiday party at DGS that Katie organized. Yes. The first thing you said was like, what's the vibe? What do the people want? Yeah. And then you just hit them with the good stuff all night and the place (laughs) is going bananas. It was awesome. I appreciate that. I was really nervous going into that actually. Which was crazy because you... You just crushed it. No, thank you. Yeah, you really did. You could see it in the crowd. I know, because it was my third trip in the booth. (laughs) (laughs) That's my favorite thing about your DJing career is that I got to jump up in the DJ booth, swing a towel around. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) I know. I want to get to a place where I have the opportunity to spray the crowd with water, maybe with a super soaker. Yeah, 100%. Or a bottle of champagne. That, yeah. And go crazy. That's brilliant. Yeah. In yeah. the booth while you're playing. Oh, right? yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah that's what yeah. we'll have to figure out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We look deadly in that. And there's some photos that came couple, out. Yeah, oh, we all dude. look good. It I was know, a it was, good night. It was sick. Yeah. I know. That was just a residual coolness effect for me. I <laughs> you just, know, I always, there's that one picture of us and like the random guy that came up to the booth. Yeah. Um, and I always judge my playing on like, one, are the girls having fun? But two, are the guys having fun? Like, if the guys are like, oh, shit, like, this is dope, and the girls are still dancing to it, like, that's a win for me. Oh, yeah, and that was a huge win, too, because that guy, really handsome dude, and he was dancing all night. Yeah, he was feeling it. He was feeling it so hard. He wasn't even dancing with anyone. He was just dancing. (laughs) Yeah, that's the ultimate compliment. he jumps up and wants a photo with us. And I was like, I wasn't doing anything. (laughs) But I saw you. I saw you. And he was like, fuck yeah, man. He was like, oh, boy's sick set. And I was like, man, this is cool. Like... Like, honestly, you, you were up there running the whole party. Like, everyone was looking at you. I was looking out, and I was like, holy fuck, this is so sweet. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Those are, like, the best moments of it. Yeah, man. My thoughts, too. <laughs> <laughs> but it's weird, like, what you say, like, you know, everyone at the party was looking at you. Like, I don't feel that, and I don't see it as I, that. Yeah, it's you're like dialed weird, in. Yeah. You're dialed in. I know, I could see that when you were doing it. You, you were just, like... You were checking the vibe. Like yeah. You were looking like are people dancing, people smiling, having fun. Okay. I was like looking, being like, this is cool. Yeah. <laughs> like the feeling of someone on the dance floor, or like someone watching, if I'm doing a good job is like, oh, this is sick. And my feeling is like, okay, they like this song. What's the next song I'm going to play? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm, are they going to like this next song? And if they don't like this next song, how am I going to get out of it fast? And like, what's the one after that? And yeah. it's just like constantly like churning that out. Yeah. Is, it's the challenge, but it's the fun. After that show in particular. Yeah. Uh, you got I said, a tattoo, DJ Deadway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I got the tattoo. And uh, yeah, it was it was worth it. Perfect. No, but I said to my buddy here, and the first episode of To Be Canadians with uh, my buddy Cole Rowden. Yeah. And I was like, dude, we should get a kit. And he was like, yeah, man, sick. Yeah. And I was like, 
like it's so sweet. Like I was, I was totally stoked on it. And then I was thinking about it and I was like, man, Cormac just has like deep music knowledge. Yeah. Like you were pulling some stuff out of the vault that people think like, oh, I know that tune. Yeah, yeah. But you know what you don't know is what when to play it at that party. Yeah, like, like Jenny yeah. from the Block isn't going to cross your mind <laughs> when you're just up there. It's not just going to hit you. <laughs> yeah. You had to think about that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And that's the thing is like my kind of highest ideal is playing a song that people didn't know they wanted but once they hear it it's like oh that my one was God. was one that night that just stood out to me yeah as soon as it came on everyone just went banana lands yeah. and it was it was awesome i was like oh okay yeah. right yeah you don't just show up and turn on a spotify playlist that's not what this is all about this is having yeah. some good knowledge of giving the people what they want yeah and that's what i mean when i say like the technical aspects of right. djing are the easier ones it's right like the time i spend and the hours i spend now are just like trolling the internet for music right like weird remixes or like you know throwbacks or whatever right that, yeah and it, it that shows might hit it shows yeah. it's a lot of work thank you so tell me a little bit more about your day job with smash mouth entertainment so smash mouth started as a concert promoter in 2011 i think mm -hmm. i should know that um mm -hmm. in London, where the founder and now my partner, Brendan, went to school at Western. Okay, um, and London, Ontario. Yeah, London, Ontario. Gotcha. Yeah, um, and it started because he wanted to like promote hip-hop shows out there, and there was no one coming for it. So Sweet. It's not named after Smash Mouth, All-Star. Mm. That's something we get a lot. Yeah. Um, I'll scratch that out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's cut that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Brendan came to Toronto. I think around 2014 maybe and then we ended up linking up kind of as I was finishing school because outside of the DJing I had gotten into doing like events and shows at school um, right so when I was on the student union we do as I'm sure your university had you know a big frosh concert mm -hmm. um, and the year I was on it we actually ended up bringing uh, like Drake and Future and Epic. a couple other people to campus which was like yeah it was bonkers no kidding um so that was like insane and that kind of put us all on the map a little bit in terms of like whoa how did these kids do this so when i went to brendan and i was like look i'm trying to get some experience in music i'm djing i've got this um and he took me on to kind of help out with his concerts and to this day we do shows at clubs around the city whether it's you know phoenix mod club kind of capping out at rebel size we don't do any stadiums right um, but you know being an independent promoter is tough for a lot of reasons and largely now because you know when smash mouth was first around and for the first few years the company was doing a lot of direct deals with artist management right but now as live has become such an important revenue stream for artists a mm -hmm. lot of them are getting more and more middlemen in between the promoters and themselves. Right. And that really jacks the prices up. No kidding. So, you know, I'll give an example where we did a sold out show at Rebel, I guess a year ago, maybe more than a year ago. The artist walked away with about $42,000 and we walked away with about $4,200. Like the splits are getting bad. No kidding. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a little skinny. Uh, so yeah, so it's like, it's not the same game as it was in the past. Right. And that's why there's a lot more consolidation and a lot of the bigger promoters are the ones sticking around. So right. stuff like Live Nation, even like Inc. Entertainment or Embrace, the differentiator, other than them being massive companies, is they own venues. So right. they can afford to pay the artists that higher price because they're gonna make money off the drinks, they're gonna make money off coat check. Right. We don't make money off any of that. So that's a whole long-winded explanation just to say that the company is transitioning into like a management 
an artist services company. Mm. So we still do some shows to keep kind of our revenue streams up. Right. But we're trying to, we have three artists that we're managing right now that will, you know, maybe one day expand as, as we get our capacity up. But the, the ultimate vision for the company is to be an all-in-one artist management, distribution, and production and touring company. Because hmm. right now, most artists have a manager who takes 10%, a booking agent that takes 10%, and a distributor that takes a percentage. If we can be all of that in one, um, that's a unique space, especially yeah, cool. in kind of like the Canadian hip-hop lane, which is what we're in right now. Hmm. Um, but to become that, you need an artist to really blow up so people look at you seriously right, so say, oh, as a manager and a label and yeah, whatever. Man, for um, sure. Like we have a pretty decent reputation as a concert promoter, but as managers and like label owners, we're still kind of, you know, we're small fish in a big pond. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fair. Yeah. Mm, interesting. That must be a fun journey though. You know, the build of it all. Yeah. It's like, it's like anything like, you know, as well as anyone working at a startup, like mm -hmm. it's a grind and mm -hmm. we're not a startup in the traditional sense of like tech and SaaS and VC funding, but like, you know, we're just scraping by every month trying to get more and more revenues. And it's like all our revenues from our artists are going right back into our artists. And it's not yep. like, it's not like we're in the club popping champagne every day, <laughs> but I wish we were. But. Yeah, yeah, exactly, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a grind, but it's it's a fun one. And like the wins when you get them feel really sweet. Yeah. yeah. And the payoffs too, right? All, all you need is one one artist to pop and then you are in the, in yeah, the club popping champagne. Yeah, all champagne. you need. Yeah, it's a big all you need. Yeah, but yeah, 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 true. Yeah. It's a, true. you have to love the come up. Yep. And I think it's the same for anyone uh, yeah. doing, like building something. Yeah, you gotta love the build. Yeah. Hmm. If you weren't in the music business, yeah. what do you think you'd be doing? What else interests you? <sighs> That's a hard question. Mm -hmm. Because I know you've had the opportunity to be in like, you know, in, in a tech company or tech startup. Yeah. And you've stayed in the music scene. Yeah. Yeah. And I think something in my mind is I've really thought about like, I've given myself a kind of window to try and make this music thing work. Interesting. Um, and there's not really a defined one, but when I'm thinking of, you know, getting married or having kids, if I'm still kind of grinding away, playing shows for like you know, 500 bucks a pop, that's not really going to work. Right. So I've given myself a bit of leeway to experiment, I guess, and try things and work my ass off and see if something works. And if it doesn't, you know, I might be on your doorstep one day right. asking for an SDR <laughs> position. <laughs> but, it, but it's true. I mean, like if it comes to it, like at some point you got to put food on the table. Yeah, um, and I'm really, really lucky to be at a point where like, you know, I stayed at home for all of university. I right. worked through Smart all of university. Man. So I graduated with almost no debt like moved out downtown for the first time when I was 23 or 24. Yeah, um, it's, oh, it's brilliant. And I'm really lucky to be in a position where, you know, like I split a one bedroom with my girlfriend and she has a hell of a career that is doing well for her. And Absolutely. I can kind of float around and try some shit. <laughs> yeah. But I think to answer your question, I don't exactly know what I'd be doing, but I think it would be something to do with like community building. Yeah, um, And I makes think sense. that's the most important thing for me. Makes um, sense. And that's partly like why even, you know, we met through Venture for Canada and what attracted me to Venture for Canada is like being a part of a community like that and helping totally. build a community like that. Totally. And what I do outside of Smash Mouth and DJing, which I probably should have mentioned, is I have a part-time day job at Ryerson running a music tech incubator there. Right. Helping run right. it. And that is a lot of community building. Yeah. And that's a... 
that's a really exciting position for me, even though it's kind of like, okay, put your hours in here, grow this as much as you can. But then as soon as you're off the clock, it's like label, DJing, artist managing, all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Uh, I, so my, my association with you, and that's a good point, you definitely are a community builder. And even in Venture for Canada, there was a lot that you were facilitating mm-hmm. when, when our cohort started, right? There's a lot of sort of ecosystem happening around yeah, you. Yeah. You were always making I stuff happen. I appreciate that. But I associate you really closely with Toronto, with the okay. city. You know, yeah. I have this like, there's a couple people that I know that get this like affiliation yeah. that they're in it, they're doing it, this is their city. Do you feel like really attached to this place, to this city? Yeah, yeah, I do. It's like, you know, born and raised in the East End, went to high school in Scarborough, now downtown, trying to live my best downtown life. Absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, no, 100%. I, I, spent, uh, I spent six months abroad in my third year in the Netherlands, and I loved cool. it there, but it was like... I don't think I could move and live somewhere else until I feel like I've helped build something like better for this city. Absolutely. Absolutely. I just recently, probably only in the boat the past year, have I felt like, okay, Toronto, this is where I am at and yeah. this is where I'm, I'm going to build for now. That's cool. Before that, I, I still had like a really strong affiliation with the Maritimes yeah. and being from Nova Scotia yeah. and... Not that I lost that, but mm-hmm. I just feel more and more that the city is more accessible. Yeah. I just, I think, I think it's just an emotional thing. I feel more mature. I feel okay. more ready to take it on. And I feel like, you know, like wins are possible. Mm-hmm. Are, are you feeling that? Like, are you feeling like, okay, we're, we're building this label and we are going to make something happen here. Yeah. And I think my feeling is, you know, Toronto feels like a big place and it can be a big place, but it's also a very small place. And yeah. like you get to know your kind of niche communities very well. Right. Um, so in the last three years of working in music, I've, you know, got to know a lot of the players in it. So my feeling is like, even if this label goes belly up, I think we can make something here and right. make something better. Right. And, and people are going to know you as a guy who was totally dedicated to the build, who had a lot of... Hopefully. Yeah. 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 And I think the music in Toronto is in a very interesting spot. I mean, specifically hip hop music, because that's the lane I'm working in a lot, where right. before there was this moniker of Toronto being like the screw face capital is what we used to be called. Um, because no one wanted to help each other. And to have success, you had to leave Toronto. And that's true to a point still but it's not everything anymore and there's a big kind of big movement of trying to build like the infrastructure in terms of like companies and like education and um, communities to help strengthen like that core so it's not like you have to go down to the states if you want to learn anything or be anyone you obviously want to have that success but there's a lot more of that community building going on here and I think being a part of that and I feel like you know I'm one part of it and I want to keep inching closer and closer to the center because I feel like I have a lot of things to offer that yeah Yeah. and I used to have an affiliation or I think a lot of people have an affiliation with Toronto especially who aren't from Toronto that it's like this really cutthroat place um, that it's like all big business and like you know it's definitely a city to get to work in and get some shit done but it's a lot it's a lot friendlier than people think yeah still like yeah and you see more and more often the value in in communities popping up. Like, mm-hmm. you know, take, I mentioned all the time on this podcast, but take TechTO for an example. Yeah, sure. People building startups, talking to each other, collaborating. Yeah. It's different than it used to be. Like in the 90s, maybe it was more like, um, you know, more just like Bay Street centric and everybody was sort of staying in their own lane. 
and now it just seems a lot more celebratory like there's people actually proud of proud to be making things here and proud to be doing things and living living here yeah and i think it it has to do with kind of like toronto is a very unique city in terms of like how it celebrates you know diversity as a buzzword but like diversity of you know whether it's like background or the way you grew up or where you grew up whether that means like the maritimes or somewhere outside of this country um i think i definitely take for granted how unique that is i have a friend who's traveling right now and he was saying like it's crazy to him that he hasn't stumbled across another city like toronto where you can walk down the street and eat like any kind of food you want and it's like really fucking good but then you'll also walk into like a dingy little bar and there will be like a panel going on and it might be on tech sales or it might be on like making public parks more accessible or it might be like like there's such a diversity of like thought and interest going on that I think is really really unique and obviously all big cities have that but I think it's it's interesting because we're kind of on the upswing here in Toronto it's not like we are that thing yet and there's a lot of people putting that work in we're getting there yeah Yeah, no that's 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 a great way of summarizing it's just overall it's just an incredibly exciting place to be yeah and you know our basketball team is the best on the planet yeah (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) which is just sweet you know you have one Canadian team yeah and you know all the American teams in huge markets yeah you know actually this is I have a question for you one of my buddies was saying like you know, they keep calling the Raptors Canada's team, but his idea is that all of Canada like claims to hate Toronto until like we've got something good going. Oh yeah. So like as a, a Maritimer, like what, what's your opinion on that? Do you, what do you think? So I think it goes hand in hand with how I used to think about Toronto. I used to think yeah. it was like, I'd get here, it would be like, everyone would be really cold. Everyone would be like, I'd have no idea how to break into any of it. You know, it would be, it would resemble, you know, Bay street or wall street in the nineties. Yeah. You'd have your coffee slapped out of your hand. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Like it was this brutal concrete war um, of commerce. Yeah. And it's just, it just isn't. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, people drive a little crazier than they do in the small town that you're from Mm -hmm. and it's a different pace but it's it's just more accessible and more people i feel like are coming to toronto and loving the city Mm -hmm. like a trip to toronto whether you live in you know manitoba or in the maritimes or in vancouver or south of the border people are coming here and being like oh this is a great city Mm -hmm. and if you go to a city once i find and, and you you sort of fall in love with it like you don't have these affiliations like it sucks or it's cold or yeah, it's hard. Yeah, yeah. And so I think, I think Toronto is a really good unifier for Canada. I think it's, mm-hmm. it's probably the best unifier cause it's got a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have a, like an outrageous kind of political affiliation either which way it's very balanced. Mm-hmm. It, it provides Except great opportunities for it at Nathan Phillips square. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Actually that moment I was like, wow, Toronto really is different than the yeah. rest of the province or like maybe Raptors diehard Raptors fans are different than yeah, no. And that's fair. Like, like he stuck out like a sore thumb. Yeah. You know, like he just yeah. looked out of place there because he just didn't fit the vibe of the city. And it's also fair to say that, that's it's a different vibe than a lot of rural Canada and I get it but it's it's just so exciting to be here yeah that's what I can't get over right now I'm just like so obsessed with how exciting it is and and how accessible it all is I just feel like stuff's gonna happen for all kinds of people here yeah yeah you know I agree yeah 
that was a bit of a monologue. That was That's a good. Toronto rant. I like it. Yeah. But in a good way, you know. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully you don't have a bunch of Maritimers listening. Yeah, everyone's like, like all right, that's enough guys. of this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm going to unsubscribe John now. John was one of us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now I'm going to get some hate mail. Yeah. Yeah. Hate mail could be the best thing you ever get. You're right. If you get Actually, some online haters. The largest demographic you know. of listeners for this podcast are in Toronto. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I can break down sense. the stats. Yeah. But yeah. a good co- uh, good little cohort out east as well. Yeah. So yeah. represent. Good man. Yeah. So where do, where do you want all this to go? I know you've sort of given us a little bit of glimpse, but let's say five yeah. years from now. Give us the five year. What, yeah. what, what are you thinking? What are you hoping for in five years? And I'm still trying to figure that out, but it's got to be something with like my two main interests. And this is like why like working at, Ryerson at the tech incubator and working at a label and DJing all works is like that cross section of music and tech and community. It's like, I think I'm finding my place in there to mm-hmm. eventually, you know, start something or jump into something and ramp it up. I just don't really know what that is yet. Right. So five years from now, I mean, I hope I'm either building a company or working with a company that I love in the music and tech um, space in Toronto. And I hope it's paying me enough money where if I decide I want to have a kid, I can do it. That it's it's possible? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like, that's the big thing for me. I mean, not having a kid, but... But having the freedom. It's the sustainability, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a big thing. Yeah. Like, I told myself when I started out in music, like, you know, I have this window to figure out how to make a sustainable life in it. Right. Like, what is that value that I can add to it? And the past three or four years has been learning about that, and I've kind of been inching closer to it and I hope in three or four years I'll have that answer or an idea of what that is right um, and if you don't you can always throw throw your hands in the air and go to medical school <laughs> there you go <laughs> just say ah shit I guess it's over I'm, go- I'm going to med school well med school no I've come work at fix <laughs> you'll probably be expanding still right uh, yeah we'll still be growing yeah yeah you, yeah. Can, you can jump on the train that's actually partly of how I convinced myself to jump into DJing and everything. I was like, you know, if it doesn't work out, at least I could be like a comms guy at a tech company. Absolutely, man. Every tech company, every most companies in Toronto have somebody that had a, a cool, you know, air quote fringe job sure. at one yeah. point, right? They were doing yeah. something cool. Like they were, uh, you know, a DJ or yeah. a musician or a busker or something. Yeah. yeah. And then they were like, okay, I'm going to get a job. And then they interview and the interviewer is like, wow. Yeah. D- DJ <laughs> they're like get the fuck out <laughs> no I think you, I think you'll have I think you'll have you know good fortune uh, and I think the other part of it is you know a little bit of what we were talking about when you were saying off the mic um, about how like your success with this podcast can also be your friend's successes like yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if like people like you or other people in like my friend circle and my network, like we're doing something together. Yeah. yeah these interests. Exactly. You know what I mean? And I think, I think that's the exciting part of it all. Uh, yeah. Agreed. I, I feel like you can, you can feel when some kind of synergy is taking place. Like, yeah. like every time we get together, we're talking about some kind of interesting yeah. opportunity yeah. or something going on. And we always run like way longer than we planned. Way longer. <laughs> yeah. Like the fact that you're trying to get downtown for eight, eight o'clock, not happening. <laughs> <laughs> no way we're just getting warmed up these things on yeah yeah okay that's a good check now yeah. let's get all right into now it. let's get it going yeah what's on your immediate horizon what's getting you excited what's keeping you going in this uh right now so i mentioned to you earlier but i'm heading to belgium in a couple of weeks right um, 
to a conference called Wallafornia, which is one of the probably the biggest music tech conference in the EU. Mm. Um, so I'll be there for a week, and that's really exciting for me um, because it like really marries all my worlds together. Um, so there's an accelerator program for 10 days leading up to the conference and then there's the three-day conference and then it leads into a three-day hip-hop festival Hmm. so that's going to be like networking galore for me no kidding so that will be huge in terms of like the label stuff we've got you know i'm really excited to i actually got our first i mean it sounds weird to say it but our first like big government grant for the label nice Uh, yeah i'm like sucking off the teeth of the government a little bit might as well man Uh, it's interesting actually yeah like the the whole kind of way music companies operate in Canada and the US are different. Like a lot of the Canadian companies, like half of it is you're trying to get customers, but the other half is like the government is like half of your customers. For right? sure. Um, For sure. And obviously you want to get rid of that at some point, but it's a huge, like it makes you feel like you're on the right path. Right. Like when someone yeah, is like, yes, like here's a big check. Some it's reassurance, like any sort affirmation. Of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Any sort of like angel investment or like VC investment. For sure. Being like, okay. Being like, you this, like this isn't totally ridiculous. Insane. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's going to set us up for like probably our biggest 2020 that we'll have had in terms of like releases and bud- marketing budgets and things like that, which would be great because right now we're kind of like slowly crawling up the mountain and hopefully that could push us into like, you know, maybe like we found a fucking car on the side of the road and tr- started to drive a little right, bit. Right. If that makes right. sense. Yeah. No good analogy. Um, yeah. You get, get, get some momentum. Yeah. 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 And then, I mean, the other thing is, you know, it's about to be summer in the city. Like, this city comes alive. Yeah, man. Summer. Everybody comes out insane. of the woodwork. Um, no matter what you're into, there's going to be, like, an event or a party or something for you, which is, which I think is really, really fun. And a lot of people, you miss a lot of the parties, but just knowing that these things are happening or something that, like, you know, big festivals are happening in the city, that just feels good to me. I yeah. love, I love that vibe. Like... You know, I'll pro- I probably won't be going in the Carabana Parade, but like sitting on the grass, kind of watching it go by, like I, I love that. It's awesome, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the thing. Like it, here, there's just something for everyone all the time. Yeah, and it's so fun. Like, and a lot of the times, I think to myself, like, I, you know, I don't need to go see that, or I don't need to go do that. And then you get there and you're like, oh, right. I remember this is fun. Yeah. Having fun yeah. is awesome. Like yeah. it's nothing more than than that sometimes. Yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And when you get into that kind of mood, that's often when your best, like, ideas come, I find. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's like you said, you can you could sit with a mic by yourself and solo podcast and just bang your head against the wall and not be able to do it. Or you might walk around and you won't be thinking about it. And then all of a sudden, like, boom, you, you've got it. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, that, that's how I always feel. Like, you're, you're not trying to force anything. You're just having a thought or a conversation and it just it boom pops into your head and you're like, yeah. oh, right. There yeah. we go. Like even sitting here with you today, before I came here, I was working on a, on a set for a gig I have next week and it's some, some new music that I haven't really played around with and I was having a really tough time and I was getting really, really frustrated and just sitting here, I can feel like talking to you, you know, that stress going and just in my head as we've been talking, I've been thinking like, oh, that song might work mm-hmm. or like, oh, that might mm-hmm. work. And it feels like, okay, you're a bit re-energized and it just comes from like, whether it's a good conversation or a good party or a good whatever, it, that really, really helps you, I think. Yeah. It's some of the most productive stuff you can do. For sure. Yeah. For sure. It's interesting because we think, you know, for problem solving, you have to just sit there and like, you know, fight. Yeah. whatever the problem is but 
often if you just you know take a look at it feel like mm, I, I don't know it'll it'll come to you if, if you if you put the mental work into it yeah and i think allowing yourself to have space um mm-hmm. Something I've been trying to do a lot more recently is book time in my calendar. That is like this two hour block, I'm not gonna plan anything and I'm just gonna do whatever I feel like in that moment. Right. That might be like falling into a YouTube rabbit hole or it might be going for a walk or totally. it might be going for the to the gym. But like that time ends up being the most productive time, yep. even though you're not answering emails or on a call or whatever. <laughs> That's my least favorite thing about working in an office yeah. is it's so obvious if you're not just like phoning or emailing. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and there's only, there's a lot you can do. There's tons you can do, yeah. but there, you also need to give yourself some mental space. Like I often take this notebook here and I'll go, I'll leave the office, go to a coffee shop and write down all the things that I'm going to cover as the agenda or mm-hmm. all the rebuttals that you might have or all the things mm-hmm. they might say. And then, then I get there and I'm not, it's not like awkward or forced. I'm, it's yeah. like natural. I'm like, all oh, right. Mm-hmm. You know, here's, here's the counterpoint to that. Here's why we don't do it like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You just need kind of a change of perspective. Yeah. I remember when I was on the student union, I had an office and I used to sometimes just shut the door and lie on the ground and like stare <laughs> up at the ceiling and think about things like campaigns I was doing. And again, that sparked some of the best ideas. Epic. I looked like an idiot, but it was, it was yeah, whatever. Like what I needed in that yeah. moment. Yeah. Someone came in and chirped you, you'd be like, Hey, I got an office. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. I'm 19 years old. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, sorry. Where'd you say this. yours was? Where's your office? <laughs> yeah. Tell, uh, my receptionist will call yeah. your receptionist. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Oh, right. Here's that part of the equation where you don't have a receptionist or an office. <laughs> Scram. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. But no, exactly, man. Like, yeah. Open floor office plan needs an update. We need to go back to everybody having their own cubicle. Yeah, you know, like, it's it's one of those things where I think people having a little bit of privacy, whether yeah, it man. is at their own desk or having private places in the office where yeah. people can go, I think that's a huge thing. It is huge. I'm like, yeah. I'm like Come a on. super private person. Yeah. And sometimes I'm on a call and I'm like, oh, everyone can hear this. Like, yeah. you know, and it's weird. The person I'm talking to doesn't know the whole office can hear, yeah. hear me. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah. Privacy is nice. Yeah. Yeah. And you want a mix of both, I think. Yeah. You want that social and that privacy option, yeah. depending on how you're feeling and where your head's at. Like, you got to come in tomorrow and do... 160 grand worth of deals, you know, you might want to sit in a little room by yourself. Right. Or you might want to be walking around shooting finger guns at your, exactly. at your coworkers, high-fiving. Yeah. Patagonia vest on. Exactly. Yeah. Who knows? That's what I want to be doing. Yeah. Yeah. Good man. What? So do you, do you go to a physical space every day? Like, do you guys have an office for Smash Mouth or for the music? Yeah, band? so it depends kind of what I'm doing. Um, sometimes we have a space in distillery that I'll go to. Um, sometimes I'll be at Ryerson. Um, right. And honestly, kind of similar to you, sometimes I'll just feel like, you know what, I want to spend like this morning in a coffee shop. Right. Um, so just, yeah. Yeah. And like if I'm DJing or practicing, that's just in my apartment. So right. it's nice to get out of that. Hmm. sometimes you know when you're stuck like i live in a basement so you're just sitting in the basement for six hours it's like oh okay yeah i need to go like grab a drink and uh you know i can do some whatever laptop work for an hour and clear right. the head or just sit and read or whatever that is right yeah right i like it yeah. i like it yeah man well that uh 
gives us a pretty good little run on content. Yeah, what is it, like 8.30 now? Yeah, oh. it's, it's quarter nine. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Not actually. Let's see. Oh, perfect. Yeah, well, thanks for having me on. This well, is a lot of fun. There we go. Ladies yeah. and gentlemen, round one, DJ Deadweight. Yeah. yeah. Cormac McGee. <laughs> See, I need, uh, I need the right equipment because if you have, there's this thing called, it's like a, a by Rode, the audio company, yeah. Rode. It's called like the, the Pod Master or the Roadmaster Pod or something yeah. like that. And it's got a bunch of tracks. You control the volume and then you mm-hmm. click the sound effects and it just mm-hmm. comes in. So you can Perfect. You make an air horn anytime. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, that's what I do right now just as we're signing off. Yeah, that's so good. Twice, I did it again. <laughs> <laughs> and then one, th- one, one more time in the credits. <laughs> <laughs> perfect well ladies perfect. and gentlemen like I said round one of DJ Deadweight we'll be back and part of the new show coming up uh, very soon so we'll be back into that you can tune in uh, once that gets released details coming up in this channel so, channel folks yeah, don't exactly. fuck around exactly <laughs> better <laughs> you, listen you heard the man yeah. subscribe yeah thanks Cormac cheers appreciate it buddy <laughs>